Today we're at July 24th, 2022, Lesson 8, The Evangelizing Church. And our uh, class has taken prayer requests and praise requests, our praise reports. Glad to hear a good praise report about Betty. And uh, we'll continue to be praying for her and our other requests. We'll let uh, Brother Thurman, I think it's his turn to pray over the class. <laughs> well, Father, we come before you. We thank you so much for this morning. And Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for allowing us to be in the midst of the saints because you said with two or three are gathered in your name that you're in the midst. And, Lord, we just thank you for your visitation on the day. Lord, we know since you're here, we just ask that you would have your way. Father God, you've already know, oh, Lord, all the situation, all the circumstances that are going on in this world as well as in people's lives. And I thank you, Lord, for the just rejoicing to hear good news of Becky today. Lord, we've been praying for her. And, Lord, and just speaking over her, Lord, speaking life. And I'm asking, Father God, I mean, did you continue to finish the work you have started in her body and most of all in her life, Father God? Just have your way, Father God, today. You have not given us a spirit of fear, but you've given us power and love and a sound mind. So much things are going on in the world, Lord. Lord, allow us not to fear those things we know, because we know great is he that is within us, that he that is in the world. So, Lord, help us, Lord, to continue, Lord, to walk in that, that power and that anointing that we're more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. Help us to hold up the bloodstained banner, Father God. We thank you for his blood because we truly have salvation. We have power and most of all, we have liberty. Holy Ghost, have your way today in this class. Anoint our teachers as well as all that's under the sound of my voice. You have given us all work to do, Father God. And most of all, help us to stay, Lord, busy about doing our Father's business. We thank you for this day. And Lord, even for those that I didn't, uh, didn't don't know who to pray for, Lord, you already know through the Holy Ghost who we need to be praying for. And I thank you for this day and bless the service. Most of all, that your name would be honored and glorified on today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we're going to be finishing this unit on the book of Acts today. And so next Sunday we'll be in the Psalms, about worshiping in the Psalms. And um, so we start a new unit next Sunday. Our... Uh, So our, our key verse is found in Acts 11, 18. I know y'all love me. Right. Uh, it mentions in Acts eleven eighteen when they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance, Unto life. And the NLT says we can see that God has also given the Gentiles the privilege of repenting of their sins and receiving eternal life. And of course, this happened after Peter went to Cornelius' house and he was called on the carpet when he got back. We understand you went into a Gentile house, you know, and so he had to explain why he did, that God told him to do it. And, and so he went through the whole thing about his vision he had and so forth, and these men coming from Cornelius' house for him to come and uh, show the way of salvation to them because that's what the angel told Cornelius, to send for Peter and he would show you the way of salvation. So after he explained that to the Jerusalem apostles there, then they had what we read in this verse, that they realized, well, evidently God's also going to uh, bless the Gentiles because uh, before that, they were just mainly ministering to Jews, you know, Jews from all nations, as our map shows, there's all these different uh, nations, you know, that uh, they went and witnessed to, but they were just witnessing to the Jews in those nations. 
until Cornelius' household, and especially until Saul came along, you know, and he is, his main ministry was to the Gentiles. He said Peter was called to minister to the Jews mostly, and Paul, as he's later called, is a minister unto the Gentiles. And so the central truth is the gospel is for all people everywhere. And uh, let me see, I'm going to erase some of this so I can put an interesting timeline on here, speaking of Jews and Gentiles. Uh, I've told you I've been watching a Bible study program from this man in uh, Oklahoma. That's not a straight line, I know. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> uh, this he had a lot better straight line on his board. And so he said that starting with Adam and uh, till about here when God called Abraham, it was mostly, you know, uh, God dealing with Gentiles, and they just were rebelling against him. They built the Tower of Babel, and, and of course that was after the flood he had to send with Noah. And, but anyway, he chose Abraham's race, which would be the Jews, to uh, deal mostly with... Uh, with uh, uh, getting the message of the gospel and so forth. And it comes all the way to the cross. And of course, when Jesus died on the cross, he died for the Jews, but also for the Gentiles. So he died for everyone. But it took a while for the, for the Jewish believers to accept these Gentiles in. And so uh, they, they knew that there would be a kingdom age soon. Try to straighten it. No, that, that didn't help. Uh, but anyway, uh, so uh, God then started working with the Gentiles soon after Pentecost. And of course, Jesus ascended, maybe I can get another color on here, Jesus ascended soon after uh, his resurrection and uh, they, uh, they still, that should be in here because they still uh, were mainly, I'll just move it over, they, they still are uh, mainly uh, witnessing mainly to the Jews after his ascension even. And so it was later on before the uh, church age came in there that most of the prophets did not see the church age that began on Pentecost because after the ascension that you had Pentecost and the church age or the age of grace happened uh, after Pentecost and it it uh, has gone all the way to uh, when Jesus comes back again in the rapture and then later even in his, uh, when he comes all the way to the earth in his kingdom starting and there's that seven year period right there between the uh, rapture and the tribulation before he returns to the earth at the end of the tribulation. And that's what's, what has uh, caused a lot of ministers such as Pat Robertson and others to, they read in Matthew 24 where it says at the end, after the tribulation, Christ will come. And so that's where they uh, think that the church is going through the tribulation because it says after the tribulation, but it wasn't speaking of the rapture, it was speaking of the second coming. The second coming takes place when every eye will see him and 
he comes in great power and great glory and uh, that is at the after the tribulation and then you have of course the kingdom age then but the prophets and and uh, the early church they didn't really see this church age in there and they thought that any time now Christ is going to come in the rapture and there'll be the tribulation and then they'll go right into the kingdom because they they had that kingdom uh, mentality after he arose you know they said will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel and he didn't say no they're not going to have it no God is going to let Israel have the kingdom but he said it's not for you to know the times which the father has in his own hand because he knew there'd be this church age and uh, as far as the timeline they they say that there was about 2,000 years between Adam and Abraham and then there was another 2,000 years before the cross and then uh, it has been about 2,000 years now that we're in the age of grace which uh, would be 6,000 if you add it up and uh, so the kingdom age would be on the 7,000 so uh, God has everything all planned and, and it's uh, following his plan but uh, so today we're looking at how that the church evangelizes first to Jews, but then it's also opened up onto the Gentiles. So our first uh, scripture here is evangelizing both the Jews and Gentiles that we find in Acts 11, 19 through 26. We usually let Sherry kick it off. Alrighty. 19 through 26. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed, traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Corinne, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turn to the Lord. How far do I go? 26. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the, ho full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. All right. Good reading. Thank you, Sherry. So we see there that um, a lot is happening there. Uh, first of all, we saw after the stoning of Stephen that the that the church there in Jerusalem began to scatter and and they went to all these places that I have on this map poster here and because uh, it started here in Jerusalem find Jerusalem uh, there he is Jerusalem and it went all the way up to Antioch it says and so uh, our commentary, I think, said that was about a 300-mile uh, uh, journey from Jerusalem up to Antioch. And it was uh, at Antioch when the, of Syria, that's part of Syria, uh, Antioch is where um, the uh, Gentile church really began. 
but they also included Jews in that Gentile church. And um, so some say, you know, in a way, that's when the really the church really began because it, before it was just with the Jews. And now they're bringing in the Gentiles also, as the chart shows on the board. And there at Antioch, it says they were first called Christians. And that word Christian we're familiar with now, but they weren't called Christians during the time that Saul was doing all that persecution. I know our outline said Saul was persecuting the Christians. He wasn't because they weren't called Christians. They were called believers or those of the way because uh, the fact that Jesus said, I am the way. And so Christian was, in a way, a insult at first because they were saying, they're just acting like Christ, you know. But then it became a, a more of a good term because it means Christ-like is what Christian means. And so if we're a Christian, we should be like Christ. And so they were first called Christian, though, there at Antioch. But uh, the church there at Jerusalem sent Barnabas all the way up to Antioch to see what was going on there with that revival taking place among the Gentiles as well as the Jews. And uh, so they, they sent him to check it out. And when he got there, he found out there was quite a group meeting there at Antioch, and uh, uh, he, he needed help with teaching them. So he remembered Saul, who had gone to Tarsus after his conversion. We studied about Saul's conversion last Sunday, and how that he uh, first went to Arabia for three years and was taught of the Lord, and uh, there at Arabia, he might have been on Mount Sinai, or we don't know where he was, but he said in Galatians, I didn't go to Jerusalem first after I was converted at, at um, Damascus, but I went into Arabia. And after three years, then I went to Jerusalem. So he goes back to Damascus after he's been in Arabia with the Lord for three years, and that's exactly what the apostles were taught of the Lord for three years, you know. So that's why, uh, as we have said, some believe that uh, God wanted Saul to take uh, Judas' place because they just said that he needed to, they needed to find a substitute or, or someone to fill his office that had been with Jesus from his baptism to his ascension and that would have been three or three and a half years so Saul was taught of the Lord because because he's he mentions very plainly in Galatians that I didn't receive this from flesh and blood I didn't receive it from Jerusalem church because I went into Arabia and there he was taught of the Lord himself and and so when he writes in his epistles he says I have received of the Lord that which I give unto you. And so the, uh, the whole idea of the rapture of the church was mainly a mystery that was revealed unto, unto Paul. And so he said, behold, I show you a mystery when he talked about the rapture or other mysteries such as the body of Christ. Uh, n none of these uh, uh, prophets knew anything about the body of Christ. They, they knew about uh, the uh, coming of Christ, his first coming, and they also knew something about his second coming. But they did not see the body of Christ and the church age. It was something that they overlooked and they went from the first coming all the way back, I mean all the way up to the the kingdom and maybe some things uh, sometimes talking about the tribulation in there too 
but they missed that whole church age of, of almost 2,000 years. So that was something that was re revealed to the Apostle Paul, the body of Christ. And so he speaks more about the body of Christ than, than Peter or, or the others. But, uh, of course, they had heard Paul's messages, and so they, they also realized that there's the body of Christ. But uh, it was revealed unto Paul. But both Jews and Gentiles were being evangelized, and um, so we, we said that, uh, I don't know where Tarsus is on this map or not. Um, I don't believe it is, but uh, Barnabas had quite a trip to go all the way to where Saul was at Tarsus because Saul came from Tarsus, so he just went back home after he had uh, been with the apostles a few days, or some of the apostles. Most of them didn't want anything to do with him because they knew he was the great persecutor, and they just didn't know where he was just pretending to be a Christian or a believer, they weren't called Christian, a believer to to infiltrate it, you know, and and, and so they, they were uh, kind of weary of him or, or they uh, didn't really believe that he had really been truly converted, but Barnabas believed it, and so Barnabas took him to see Peter, and uh, so they... Uh, after he was with Peter for a while, he went back home. He went back to Tarsus. And I'm sure he was still happy in the Lord and, and, and preaching there at Tarsus as well. We don't know. We're not told what he did at Tarsus. But it, it's hard sometimes to be a witness in your hometown, you know. And so he went back to Tarsus and was there for over a year probably before Barnabas came and looked for him and he said, we need help at Antioch. And so he, he went back with um, uh, Barnabas to Antioch. And so they were there over a year, she read. If you notice, it says um, that they assembled themselves with the church and taught much people and uh, uh, it was uh, about a year that they were there um, teaching them and we'll find out in the 13th chapter which we don't have in our lesson because it's part one of Acts of the Apostles which is uh, up through the 12th chapter and so eventually they'll probably get to part two of Acts but right now, uh, we're in that first part of 1 through 12. And so we're going to uh, be looking at 12, and then we're going to go back to 11, 27 through 30, which you did not read, because that wasn't in this uh, particular type of, of the outline about evangelizing both Jews and Gentiles. So some say that Barnabas and Paul, in a way, were the pastors there at Antioch, that they were definitely in a leadership position and, and, and taught the people there at Antioch for a, at least a year, I understand. Uh, so now we come to about persecution and deliverance in Acts 12, 1 through 23. Uh, Alyssa, you have that? Acts 12, 1 through 23. I know that's a lot of scriptures, but you can do it. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. <laughs> Acts chapter 12, verses 1 through 23. Now about that time, Herod and king, the king stretched forth his hands to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread and when he had apprehended him he put him in prison and delivered him to four quat quatrinines of soldiers to keep him 
intending after Easter to bring forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, and raised him up, saying, Arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird thyself, and bind on thy sandals. And so he did. And he had said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee, and follow me. And he went out and followed him, and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they came unto the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. And they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know of a surety that the Lord hath sent his angel, and delivered me out of the hand of Herod, and from the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And, the, and when she saw Peter's voice, she opened the gate for gladness, but ran in and, took, and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. But she constantly firmed that it was even so. Then said they, It is his angel. But Peter continued knocking, and when they had opened the door and saw him, they were astonished. But he knocked, but he beckoning unto them with the hand to hold her peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go, show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers that was become of Peter. And when Herod had sought him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. He went down from Judea to Caesarea and there abode. And Herod was highly displeased with them of Tyre and Sidon. But they came with one accord to him and having made Blastus the king's chamberlain, their friend, desired peace because their country was nourished by the king's country. And upon, and upon a set day, Herod arrayed in royal peril, sat upon his throne, and made an oration unto them. And the people gave a shout, saying, It is his voice, it is the voice of God, not of man. And immediately the angel of the Lord smote him, because he gave not God the glory. And he was eaten of worms and gave up the ghost. First of all, we see where Herod is stretching out his hand to uh, vex the church, and uh, he uh, killed James with the sword. Uh, we're not told exactly how he killed him. Some say he beheaded him, and others say that he might have just stabbed him. But anyway, he killed James. And he saw that the Jews were pleased with that, so he said, well, I'll go get Peter next. And so he arrested Peter and put him in the dungeon there or, or in a dark place in the prison of the palace. And uh, those that displeased Herod was put in that dungeon or in that palace uh, prison. Why was James killed and, Herod and Peter delivered? That's been a question that the church has struggled with for a long time. We just don't know about the sovereignty of God, you know, and, and how that some are delivered and some are not. tell you there was a reason but it's not for us to know and it doesn't matter just do what the Lord tells you to do and accept 
you pray, you believe, and when he answers, whether it be what you want, what you don't want, it's what you get. Be happy. Right. You know, I mean, I, I, James right. would probably tell you he got the better end of the deal. Right. You know. Right, because he was with Jesus. <laughs> but you remember when Jesus uh, was on the earth and James and John came up to him, they said, we want a request of you. And he said, okay, what do you want? He said, we want to be able to sit on your right hand and your left hand. And so they, they wanted a predominant place. And uh, Jesus said, you don't know what you're asking. <coughs> he said, are you willing to be baptized with the baptism I'm baptized with? He said, sure. Of course, he was talking about a baptism of suffering. And so we don't know what our lot may be, you know. And uh, so it's interesting with these two brothers, you know, James and John. You have James and you have John. They were two brothers that came to Jesus and... Uh, so uh, we find that James suffered that baptism of suffering before John did. As a matter of fact, James was the first apostle that was martyred, and John was the last apostle that died. And he wasn't martyred, but he, of course, was put out on the Isle of Patmos, and some say he even been was boiled in water, in hot water, oil I mean boiled in hot oil and uh, it didn't phase him because God protected him but any so that's why they went ahead and banished him then to starve to death on the Isle of Patmos but we know what happened when he was on the Isle of Patmos and so we know that God had a special plan for John <coughs> that he may not had that same kind of plan for James and he also it seems like the church really got serious about praying after James was killed by Herod and then he arrested Peter. Yes. I was just, you know, we've always sung this song, I'll go where you want me to go, I'll do what you want me to do, no matter what. Do, are we really? I mean, are we really willing to give up our lives, our desires, our wants to follow Christ? And not only that, it's the fact that I'm also thinking, James, you know, we're here for a season. God, we don't know how long our lives are going to be here on this earth. God, you, uh, God used James. Right. And who knows? His season was shorter than everyone else's. Mm -hmm. And so right. he's, uh, again, yeah. the sovereignty of God. Right. We, we don't know. But, you know, uh, again, our lives are for a season. That's right. We have no promise of tomorrow. He had, he had plans for Peter. He had some more plans. Right. And he also told Peter, when you're old, and he wasn't old yet, so that's probably why he could just fall asleep there in the prison. And, of course, it was dark, and, and they said that there was four quadrants of soldiers, with, which meant at least 16 soldiers that were guarding him. They took shifts, of course. But <coughs> all of them were finally executed yeah. by Herod because they let the prisoner go. But it wasn't their fault. The, the angel came down and the light shone in that dark place. And we've had some good uh, explanations of all that with our pastors. Both Pastor Mike and Andrea have uh, mentioned about what happened there with Peter and how true it is that some are delivered and some are not. The three Hebrew children, when they came before Nebuchadnezzar, they said, our God's able to deliver us. But if not, we're still not going to bow before your image. <laughs> and so... And, and, and Stephen. And Stephen. He was preaching on his way out, right. but, he, but it, he wasn't here that long either. No. But he but did he became what? became the first Christian martyr, we'd say, or the first 
believer that was martyred. Right. And we know that he's able. Yes, we know that yes. ill will to us is not his will. Yes. But we know he's sovereign, so therefore, whichever way it happens, mm -hmm. he will use it for not only our good, but I believe for others. Right. For others too. As a testimony. And we have that great faith chapter in Hebrews 11, you know, of all these deliverances that took place. So he delivered Daniel from the lion's den, the three Hebrew children from the fiery furnace, and, and uh, all these deliverances it mentions. But then it says, but some did not accept deliverance, and, and they uh, were persecuted and tortured, and, and uh, we don't like to read those verses. But <laughs> told him if he didn't get on the respirator when he had COVID, he was going to die. And he looked at him and said, don't threaten me with heaven. Right. <laughs> I mean, you know, really and truly, yeah, if right. we live right. our life, but don't threaten me with Amen. heaven. <laughs> I, you know, so what? I, that, and I don't mean to say that. No, 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 no. I, I, I had a great life. I'm going to be old, but if not, oh well. Right. I'll eat what I want to eat. My <laughs> right. Absolutely. I like that. Don't threaten me with heaven. <laughs> All right. So, so anyway, then we had that miraculous deliverance of Peter and how that uh, the angel had to... Peter was such a sound sleeper. He was always sleeping, you know. He was sleeping there in the garden when Jesus said, watch and pray one hour, you know, with me. And he comes and finds them all asleep. <coughs> And then he says, what? Could you not even watch one hour, Peter? <laughs> you know? And we, we understand it was three times that he came to him, and so it was about three hours, really. And uh, good old Peter was sound asleep all the time, so finally he said, well, just go ahead and sleep because the betrayer's on, on the way here. And... Uh, he said, but you better watch and pray lest you enter into temptation because he knew that Peter was about to be tempted to take matters in his own hand by, by cutting off the ear of that servant that came after Jesus and also that he would be denying the Lord for three times. And, of course, the Lord predicted he would, but still... He could have been Peter, praying. Upon, upon this rock, I will build my church. Right. So he hadn't built his church yet, so it wasn't Peter's time yet because right. Peter was that instrument that God was going to use. Right. So, yeah. Because Jesus told him, but I prayed for you, and after you're converted, then strengthen the brethren. And so he knew that he was going to fall, but he said, you're going to be converted. And then you strengthen the brethren. And we know how that even though he denied the Lord three times, Jesus appeared to him there at the seashore and uh, let him confess three times that he loved the Lord. And, and he was recommissioned by Jesus in saying, feed my sheep, feed my sheep, feed my lambs. And so he was calling him to pastor his people. And... Uh, and she mentioned the fact that, that uh, on this rock I'll build my church. Of course, the rock is Christ that he builds his church on. But he also said, I'm going to use you, Peter, because I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. And we know through Cornelius' household, it was Peter that opened the door first to the Gentiles by going to the Gentiles. And also it was uh, Peter that went down to Samaria and laid hands on the believers there in Samaria to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So he was instrumental in, in the Samaritans coming to the full uh, experience of following the Lord and receiving the baptism. And uh, so definitely Peter was used in a great way. But... Uh, uh, the rock, of course, that Christ built the church on is himself and also the confession that Peter made, that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Back to the dungeon. Uh, it was dark, like I said, but it said suddenly a light shone in the dungeon. And uh, 
So you know that uh, the angel really put those soldiers to sleep, you know. <laughs> and, and as soon as Peter got up, the chains fell off. He is the chain breaker. Amen. So there's a lot of good stories in that, are, are good thoughts. Um, but anyway, we see that uh, uh, he did get out of there, and he went to the, the church that was praying. It didn't say they were praying so much when James was arrested, but they definitely knew they better pray when Peter was arrested. But they weren't really praying in faith either. They just thought that, well, I guess Peter died and his ghost is at the door, you know, when they said his angel's at the door. Or some say that uh, they definitely believed in a guardian angel and that it might have been his guardian angel. But I, I believe they just thought it was his ghost, you know. <laughs> and so he, he had to quiet them down and said, no, it's I and I'm, 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 I've got to get out of here, but I, I want you to know I'm alive. I'm okay. And uh, so it was many, many years before Peter finally was crucified, as far as legend says, that he was crucified upside down. But that's what Jesus said. When you're old, they'll take you where you don't want to go. And, and so nearly all Jesus' apostles were young men that he called. They were all kind of um, a little above teenagers, but close to 20 years old or so, probably. And, of course, John was the youngest of them all. But he leaned on Jesus' breast, and he was close to Jesus. And uh, so Jesus loved John, and John knew it because he said, I'm the disciple whom Jesus loved. And... <laughs> Um, he was praising God for it. I, I don't think he was boasting about it. He just said, I know Jesus loves me. And we need to know that, that Jesus loves us. Amen. All right, going on, we see that back to Acts 11, 27 through 30, is about the Gentile believers that help the Jewish believers. And uh, Brother Mickey, you have that? You got it. All right. Acts chapter 11, verses 27 through 30. And in these days came prophets from Jerusalem unto Antioch. And there stood up one uh, of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there was should be a great drought throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. And his disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judah, which also they did, and went sent to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Paul. So. All right. So we see there that uh, they heard about the fellow believers, the Jews that were suffering way down there in Judea, and they're way up here in Antioch, you remember. So they sent uh, Saul and Barnabas down with this offering that they took for relief for these uh, Jewish believers there in Judea. Uh, some of that may have been a result of Saul's persecution, you know, and, and uh, uh, that he did to the people there in Judea. And so he probably was glad to try to help them after what he had done to them. But anyway, they both went down 300 miles down, down to uh, Judea with this offering. And while they were there is when Barnabas picked up uh, John Mark. And uh, so he, uh, he picked him up there at Jerusalem and brought him back to Antioch with them. Barnum, I mean, uh, John Mark was a nephew of, uh, of Barnabas. So, conclusion in 12, 24, and 25, about three minutes left. Uh, the word of the God grew and multiplied, and Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem 
when they had filled their ministry, that's where it is, and took with them John, whose surname was Mark. Uh, they probably, that's probably where the early church was having most of their church meetings was in John Mark's home uh, there. So he was uh, pretty well-to-do, you might say. And uh, so Saul, I mean, yeah, Saul and Barnabas uh, took John Mark back with them to Antioch. And so then it's going to be to be continued when we get into uh, part two of the, I forgot to pass out the handouts, excuse me, uh, pass those out if you would. Uh, this is good to uh, think of people that you know that need the Lord, uh, whether they're co-workers or neighbors or friends, and so you can write their names in there and be sure to be praying for them to come to the Lord. And uh, so if you have co-workers or, or family that need the Lord, that's good. And the other page has to do with principles for giving, which is really a good study and the word and and why we give because uh, we see that the early church had a desire to give and to help their fellow brethren lord we thank you for your word and we pray that you'll just help us and following you and and just trusting that you have your plans for each of us lord and just help us in being obedient to what you have called us to do. And we thank you for being with this service to follow. Be with every part of the service. Let your anointing be upon it. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. So since we finished the book of Acts, if you want to take this quiz on Acts, you're welcome to pick up the quiz here and we'll go over the answers next. Hopefully filled out. <laughs> <laughs>